They say that there's no money in art. They say that writing, painting, and composing are nice and all, but only as hobbies. They say that only a few people earn money from doing such things. Well, they're wrong. As Jeff Goins explores and real artists don't starve, many of history's most creative minds are from Michelangelo to Mozart to Monet succeeded not because they succumbed to the myth of the starving artist but precisely because they didn't. Moreover, he points out today we live in a new renaissance, an era of unprecedented opportunity in which you can share your creative work without fear of suffering or starving. Get ready the starving artist. The greater danger for most of us lies not in setting our aim to high and falling short, but in setting our aim to low and achieving our mark. The spoke, over half a millennium ago, Michelangelo Bonrodi, a man dubbed the Divine One by his peers, already in his lifetime. A man considered by most historians one of the greatest artists in the history of humankind, if not the very greatest. But Michelangelo was actually much more than a painter and a sculptor. He was also a brilliant architect, a highly esteemed engineer, and a pioneering anatomist. Last but not least, he was one of the greatest poets of his time as well. It's because you see, for many, Michelangelo's delicately subtle and intensely emotional sonnets rank up there with Shakespeare's as some of the finest poetic achievements in history, deeply autobiographical. They deal with love, death, creativity, and a few more issues that occupied Michelangelo throughout his long life. One of these issues was poverty. It appears quite a lot in Michelangelo's poetry, in one sonnet. For example, the great artist curses his professional choices, claiming that his art had left him poor, old, and working as a servant of others. Surprising, of course not. Most artists earn their Also, you've probably watched either Rent or Moulin Rouge, and you know full well by now that there's virtually no money in art. What if we told you that both musicals were based on a 19th century opera called La Bohème? So, there never was. Be careful, say parents everywhere to their children. Don't be too creative. You just might starve. But the truth is, as much as they say the opposite, most artists don't starve. Michelangelo, one of the archetypes of the starving artist, was actually a successful entrepreneur and a multimillionaire. He was also, in the words of one journalist, a pivotal figure in the transition of creative geniuses from people regarded and paid as craftsmen to people accorded a different level of truth. The thriving artist, as Harvard professor Rab Hatfield discovered in 1995, not only was Michelangelo not poor, but he was also one of the wealthiest people of his time, possessing a near the end of his life an immense fortune which, adjusted for inflation, would be worth $30 million in today's money. Contrary to popular knowledge, both Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart and Ludwig van Beethoven were quite rich as well as they received a fixed yearly income of about $150,000 for most of their lives. To turn to writers, Shakespeare was wealthy enough to buy the second largest house in Stratford-upon-Avon, and that's before he wrote his most successful plays. The point of the story of the starving, struggling artist is actually a myth on one written by wealthy artists too. The truth is that real artists don't strive or rather, they thrive. Inspired by stories such as these, Writer Jeff Goins set out to see if it was possible for artists to thrive in today's landscape. After several months and thousands of meetings with many different types of artists, concluded that not only was this possible, but that it was actually the norm. Real artists don't starve, he explains. Making a living off your creative talent has never been easier than today. The myth of the starving artist has long overstayed its welcome. There's a new renaissance happening around us and it has already given birth to a new type of artist at the thriving artist. And here are the 12 principles every thriving artist lives by are the rules of the new renaissance. When the starving artist believes you must be born an artist, the thriving artist knows you must become one. To the starving artist strives to be original. 
The thriving artist steals from his influences. Free the starving artist believes he is enough talent. The thriving artist apprentices under a master. For the starving artist is stubborn about everything. The thriving artist is stubborn about the right things. 5. The starving artist waits to be noticed. The thriving artist cultivates patrons. 6. The starving artist believes he can be creative anywhere. The thriving artist goes where creative work is already happening. 7. The starving artist always works alone. The thriving artist collaborates with others. 8. The starving artist does his work in private. The thriving artist practices in public. 9. The starving artist works for free. The thriving artist always works for something. 10. The starving artist sells out to soon. The thriving artist owns his work. 11. The starving artist masters one craft. The thriving artist masters many. 12. The starving artist despises the need for money. The thriving artist makes money to make art. Now, let's explore each of these rules in groups of four and in the context of three major themes of mindset, market, and money. Mindset. In addition to being a lie, the myth of the starving artist is also a self-fulfilling prophecy. Meaning, individuals who struggle despite their obvious talent, struggle because they secretly believe in the idea that suffering triggers inspiration and comfort kills it. But that's just a common thought pattern, a limiting belief which prohibits talented artists from reaching the place they deserve to be in life. To thrive, they must adopt new ways of thinking and master their mindset. Here are four mantras to help them with this. When you aren't born an artist, artists are born not made. The adage is as old as the Roman emperor at least. The only problem is not true. In reality, everyone can become an artist. Writing, painting, sculpting, they are all just skills which, like most other skills, can be obtained through hard work and training. Take John Grisham, for example. He's a lawyer by trade and a writer by choice, even though the manuscript for his first book was rejected by no less than 40 different publishers. His second book, the Firm was adapted into a 1993 movie by none other than Sidney Pollock. To stop trying to be original, immature poets imitate, mature poets steal, famously wrote Nobilis T. S. Eliot in 1920, more than two decades before him, a now obscure author by the name of W. H. Davenport Adams said something quite similar, great poets imitate and improve. Three apprentice under a master. Before Michelangelo became Michelangelo, he was just a humble student of a famous Florentine artist named Domenico Ghirlandio, today almost exclusively known as his teacher. But that's how most great art careers have begun with an apprenticeship. Before we become masters, writes Goins, we must first become apprentices. And even later on, it doesn't hurt to ask for a piece of advice or two. As American surgeon at one pronounced in the title of his famous TED talk delivered a few years ago, if you want to get great at something to get a coach or harness your stubbornness, rather than self-effacing and struggling, most great artists are actually proud, stubborn and quite resilient in their vision of the world. True, they may start as apprentices, idolizing their teachers, but their objective is always to one day surpass them. Market Once you master the mindset of the thriving artist, you must learn how to tackle the market, because that's the place where one becomes professional and discovers how it works in the real world. Tackling the market is a two-step process. First, you must get people to pay attention to your work, and then you must find a way to tell them why they should pay for it as well. Stick to the following for pieces of advice, and you should do just fine. 1. Cultivate patrons. If you've ever read the original version of Cinderella by Charles Perrault, then you already know that its moral isn't that inner beauty beats physical good looks, but something far more interesting. Here it is in the words of Perrault himself, but without doubt it is a great advantage to have intelligence, courage, 
good breeding, and common sense. These, and similar talents come only from heaven, and it is good to have them. However, even these may fail to bring you success, without the blessing of a godfather or a godmother. To unfair like like it or not, that's how the real world works. As much as we do go join a scene, whereas a thorn between roses smells lovely, the rose between thorns withers away. In translation, unless you spend most of your time round creatives, don't expect to become one in the end. Rather than in isolation, genius is most commonly bred in a community of geniuses. Quite expectedly, since wherever there's a cluster of creative individuals, there's also a fertile ground for numerous profound and meaningful discussions. Whether it's ancient Athens or Peru or Vienna, whether it's between the wars Paris or the Silicon Valley today, what has spurred the imaginative mind into innovation and creativity has always free collaborate with others. Almost every young artist begins his or her career on a wrong footing, thinking they are the next Vincent van Gogh, a great, lone genius whose vision can't be understood by anyone on this planet. In reality, however, most great artists were great collaborators as well. Take, for example, Shakespeare. As talented as he was, he agreed to co-write a few historical plays with some of his contemporaries, and there are a few scenes in his most famous tragedies that were almost certainly written by other playwrights. Shakespeare knew something young artists don't a scene from afar. Originality is actually teamwork or practice in public. It's a myth that geniuses fashion their works only in the privacy of their imagination and share it with the world only after they're sure they're finished. In reality, great creative minds have always practiced publicly and perfected their work by way of instant sharing and perpetual feedback. Hence, not sharing your works in progress with the world could be one of the worst things you'll ever do if your goal is to grow and mature as an artist. Fortunately, thanks to all the advancements in technology, it has never been easier and cheaper to practice in public. Just set up a website and start sharing your work with the world. Money. If we are going to thrive as artists, writes Jeff Goins, we cannot merely survive. We have to make a living off our creations. Which means at some point we need to talk about the part we are all uncomfortable discussing on money. Of course, the starving artist avoids the topic as much as possible. But that's actually one of the reasons he's starving. The thriving artist knows much better, namely, he knows full well that food and clothes cost money and that, in the absence of financial comfort, creativity transforms from being a pleasure into being a burden. If you want to earn money doing what you want, start doing the following. One don't work for free. Unfortunately, many artists consider the pleasure they get from the act of creation itself enough reward for their effort. It doesn't work if you don't break at least a drop of sweat, is it? But how would you ever do what you love if you think that way or when bankers get together for dinner? They discuss art, wrote once Oscar Wilde ironically, when artists get together for dinner. They discuss money, only, just like the creative process itself, these discussions are kept hidden from the public. It is a fact of life that you need money, because, well, everybody needs money, and it is an even sure fact of life that if you work for free, you do own your work, like it or hate it. It's how capitalism works that everyone wants to make maximum profit with minimum effort. In other words, nobody will ever be really interested in giving you money for nothing. Yet, there are many people who do many things in return for nothing. 3. Diversify your portfolio. They say jack of all trades is a master of none. In other words, to dabble in more crafts than one, and you'll probably end up being bad at all. However, as Karl Marx noted two centuries ago, nothing could be further from the truth. The idea that one needs to specialize in something to excel at it is a product of the system we live in and is not compatible with human nature. Michelangelo, Leonardo, 
Galileo and Benjamin Franklin weren't just jacks of many trades, they were also masters of all. How did they do it? By being curious and working hard. A man can do all things if he or make money to make art. We mentioned Marx a few sentences ago, let us now quote him of the writer must earn money in order to be able to live and to write. But he must by no means live and write for the purpose of making money. But otherwise, nobody asks you to produce work after work in return for paychecks a hybrid. You must make money to continue making art and nothing more, and nothing less. Money exists in my world. To buy me another season wrote Stephen Pressfield once. Every season you create instead of scramble to find work is a win, comments Jeff Goins. With time, those seasons add up. The more notes, real artists don't start by Jeff Goins offers a refreshing, down-to-earth look at one of the most mystical of all human endeavors at the creative act. Brimming with inspiring stories and amusing anecdotes and not to mention enlightening quotes of the book can be a great guide for all those artists out there who struggle with money and finances. More importantly, it can also serve as a wake-up call for the ones who still think that great art can only come from great suffering. Tips Allow us to quote Jeff Goins here you can go the way of the tire. Frustrated artist who struggles to keep creating. Or you can embrace an important but challenging truth that just might set you free from such thinking you don't have to starve. You can thrive. The world is waiting for you to create your best work. Please don't let us down.